Nine games that he actually kicked goals, he managed two or more. And that's 50 metres. Can you believe that is 50 metres? Don't think it was a chance to play on on that occasion. I think it was three centimetres. He moved his foot there. And, uh, Seriously. So that's, that's the one that will roll. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, powered by punningform.com.au and topsport.com.au. I'm your host, Scoot, and I'm joined by MG, Mark Goodwill, the kid, MG, and Darcy Spinks. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Nico. Good to be here. Show number two. Yeah, you're a bit more up and about. You've laid <laughs> off the Prozac. Uh, yeah. You told me to be the straight man uh, first week and uh, got some feedback, so we'll just uh, see how we go for Up and about? <laughs> up and about a little. Extra yeah. shot in the coffee. Yeah, I don't drink coffee, so no, that's not true. That's that's probably what you need then. What about you, Darcy? How's your weekend? Yeah, it was good. I definitely drink coffee. I need <laughs> coffee, so I wouldn't be awake right now. Uh, yeah, my weekend was good. Just a few drinks with the friends, um, went out for dinner a lot, and yeah, we're back. Good life. <laughs> Spied you at uh, the Osborne rooftop? Yes, yes, I was there on Saturday night. Um, it was good fun. Into Sunday morning? No, 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 I'm. I can't do late nights. <laughs> I or else I just I'm, I struggle for the week. But it was good. It was good. I did have an incident. Um, two drinks <laughs> no, no. were um, spilled onto my lap, and I was walking around like icy cold all night. Mm. So that was fun. But you know, it was alright. <laughs> no, uh, we're a bit to foodies here. So Ho Chi Mama in the city. It's yeah. a new restaurant. Yes, new restaurant. Mm. Um, they launched a restaurant in October in Richmond and they just launched another one in the CBD um, on Saturday night. So I went there, literally the best vegetarian pad thai I've ever had in my life. Someone's so get around it. Or shares no, in, I'm or honestly, shares unbelievable, isn't honestly, it? Just galore. I'm yeah. so fussy. Like I'm the worst person when it comes to food. I can never decide, but I really liked that. So you have to try it. Going to have to get a um, sponsor board behind Darcy soon to <laughs> start uh, putting up all the stickers. <laughs> What about you, Mark? Do you have a a pad tie at home watching the women's football? Uh, No, I didn't. No, I did get local pizza. Um, Oh, yum. That's uh, right. Yeah. Little shout out, little plug. Beauty about the pizza is you can back it up on the Sunday. Yeah, I like that. So after the the horse sales, Nick told me we'd uh, go to the horse sales for an hour or two. How was that? Uh, meet some people, meet and greet. and yeah. uh, We tipped a couple in. Four hours later, five hours later, we were looking for an Uber <laughs> home. So uh, that's how we roll it, little birdie. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, was good fun. We saw a couple of uh, interesting characters on the punt and, and trainers and, and all that sort of thing. So, yes. yeah, we bumped into, yeah. yeah, I think the guy that syndicates pro- Profiteer. So we gave him a, a little bit of an interview. We'll post that up later. But uh, they've got the favourite, the hot pot, in the slipper. So Yeah, uh, it's good. Yeah, we invited out by um, Roll the Dice Syndicates and yeah. we... Uh, Spent a bit of time with uh, Lee yeah. and uh, a couple of his owners, and they were trying to buy some horses. So we got it was some good hot footage. Out there. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah, yep. it's thirsty work. Yeah, um, but that's okay. The bar was fully stocked. Um, <laughs> so yeah, met plenty of uh, jockeys and trainers and stuff. Okay. So the words that's got around cool. for Little Birdie. So yeah. uh, mm. a lot of people were interested in what we're doing. Right. Uh, a lot of people looking for airtime, <laughs> uh, saying, "When am I coming on?" Uh, so we were taking uh, names for that. Yeah, um, well, that's good. That's so what we might, you want. We might rotate a couple of trainers and. Uh, into some of the shows, I'm sure uh, they couldn't can be quite entertaining. Yes, and, yeah. yeah. Our only error for the days we didn't take Darcy out with us. No, um, there was a lot of uh, "Where's Darcy?" So I was like, "Hi, Nick. Hi, Mark. Where's Darcy?" That's right. What's yeah. when I'll be there next her? time. Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting uh, feedback we're getting on Darcy of how we got her onto the show. Um, how can we afford her? 
when can we get a table with Darcy at the races? Can we race a horse with Darcy? Yes. Oh, a lot of that sort of chat. Yeah, so actually Lee, uh, Lee got a bright idea out there that he thought uh, he might uh, might get a syndication together uh, for females only. I think yeah. he was uh, doing it. It might be headed up by yourself. So there's oh, another yeah. plug you might be able to add to your board. Yeah, there you go. In future weeks. That mm. sounds so funny. And you didn't buy a horse? Luckily, no. 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 Yeah, we were underbidders on a few at about 150000 <laughs> yeah. Lucky they nice. went for about three or 400000 so oh. we didn't have to. Uh, it was a cheap day. About six or eight years each. That was it. So we got out cheap. Yeah, we haven't got a horse yet, but uh, the longer this goes, there's a lot of horse sales to come for the rest of the year. And Mm -hmm. who knows? Even uh, our good mate John Kelton, uh, who's just announced that he'll be part of the Mooney Valley stream, he's a really good judge of tried horses. So who who knows? We might um, jump in a tried horse, but there's plenty of time for all that. But we're here to talk sport. We're here to talk AFL and NRL, and we're going to talk more about the futures. But how lucky is Mark Goodwill? He, he tips up Brisbane Lions for the flag and then Joe Danaher comes out in a practice match. It's only a practice match. Fair enough, but he kicks four goals. You just you just got the Midas touch, don't you? Uh, no, we <laughs> won't take too much notice of the pre-season form. That's the first time Joe's been up and about for God knows how long and you've yeah. announced that the Brisbane Lions are the team and he's that extra piece of the puzzle from I the did first send episode. It, I did send him a text in the morning just to, <laughs> uh, just to make a small statement. So uh, it was good. Him and Hipwood shared eight goals between them, I think. Uh, nice solid hit out for him. It's uh, good to see him up and about, uh, and we'll see uh, how he gets to round one. What shape? Mm. I um, it was. It's interesting. We might put a graphic up on screen, and it's the AFL scratch match scores, and we're going to talk about how much you read into preseason form. And um, for everyone listening at home, there's a couple of surprise, I guess, uh, upsets there, and there's some real grim scores. Uh, Notably, North Melbourne, who are favourite for the wooden spoon, they've got absolutely trounced, nearly 100 points to St Kilda. That's that's really ugly times there. And um, the other sort of cellar dweller is Adelaide. They've been trounced as well by I don't know, nine or ten goals to Port Adelaide, yeah. little crosstown derby there. So, uh, Mark, what do you read into these sort of form lines? This is a Hawthorne supporter. I thought it was fake news because. Here at three-quarter time, I'm, I checked the scores in the Western Bulldogs game and I'm thinking, oh, well, Hawks are going to be down by about 40 points and it was only four points or something like that. And I thought, I actually thought we nearly won the game, and oh, but clearly we didn't, um, as you kindly reminded me yesterday. Yeah, Nico put in the run sheet that uh, Hawthorne had beaten the Bulldogs in the... Uh, I was just trying to claim one early, Dars. Uh, he was on to you. Yeah, he was trying to get an early W on the board. It uh, wasn't to be. So you were good to three quarters. I uh, just ran out of steam. Yeah, um, yeah the pre-season form, I, I, I just think, obviously it's it's a lot lighter this year. So they've only, actually this week is their proper hit out, their mm. only hit out. Last week was a scratch match. I don't think you can take too much notice. I know um, you said before that most of the teams are running to form. Uh, I think there was a draw, maybe only one upset that people wouldn't have expected. But just with um, managed minutes, players playing in different positions, trying different structures, yep. I just think they're trying to... Trick shots and get le- uh, leg, uh, Get miles into the legs and um, you know, uh, get them injury-free through to round one, so I think the camp. So I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't take too much notice of the uh, the preseason form, although Hawthorne do win their uh, practice <laughs> match this week. Next week, uh, Nick will probably have his scarf on, so <laughs> I might find out where it is and uh, pop down. It could be the only win that we get for quite some time. But we've lost a we've lost one of our hosts from the later part of or the back end of last year. Ob he works in the AFL ops in the you know the Stephen Hawking wing, I'll call it. Oh, it's a ward. It, um, I don't. I don't think everything's sweet there. But Ob tells me he's on fatherhood duties every Wednesday, and that's when we 
record the show. So he's, he's given himself a, a scratching there, but it's after a, a little bit of peppering from me because I've got a bee in my bonnet and you're not really keen with this 50-metre rule and it doesn't sound like many people are, but there's a new rule and you have to stand still on the man of the mark as a man of the mark and if you deviate left or right, it's a 50-metre penalty. So the AFL are trying to create this corridor where whoever takes the mark can then move the ball quicker. It's um, it's causing a fair bit of conjecture and con- you know and a lot of talk on Twitter and across you know different uh, radio programs and a lot of banter. But the AFL are starting to roll out a bit of I'd call it a propaganda campaign to try and push it. And they've even wheeled out Harris Andrews from the Brisbane Lions to talk, sort of talk about it as of today. So we're going to put something up on the screen now. And again, we are a podcast, but you should tune into our YouTube channel and you'll see all the graphics that we've gotten. It's from Josh Fraser, the ex-Collingwood Ruckman, who was coach of the Northern Bull Ants, and he tweeted, I'm convinced you are better off not manning the mark. The penalty is too big if you are wrong. And there's some footage from an AFL practice match, I think it was West Coast and Fremantle, where there was a slightest deviation inside forward 50, probably 45 degree angle, 40, 40 metres out, and then all of a sudden that player's on the goal line. So I think Josh has sort of nailed in one here. All of a sudden, there's no value in standing the man of the mark anymore. So what do you think about that, Mark? Uh, I think there's there's a few factors in play here. It's like the AFL are under pressure for their overall product to increase scoring in the game. For and more ads and revenue? No, I think more the spectacle for the fans. The game's driven by the fans. Obviously, last year, you know, COVID took that out of it. But in previous years, it's driven by the fans and bums on seats. And people want a good product. And it's the same with like cricket introducing 2020. They want to they want to match it against other sports, and AFL is no different. Even though it is a dominant sport within this country, uh, they still need to get their fans happy with their product, and so they're they're under pressure all the time to make the game better. Hmm. And unfortunately, the coach's job with the players and their structures is to win matches, get into finals, and win premierships. And history shows that uh, premierships are won on defenses. Um, so that's why the players and the structures are put in place for that reason. Mm. So it's a constant battle between what the AFL can do with the rules and the players and the teams and the coaches trying to win premierships. And that friction is always going to happen. What about the rule itself, though? Well, I think the rule I think the rule is going to be tough for anything for, for the fans early mm. and the players to adjust, and there's going to be angst on it because a 50-metre penalty is harsh, yeah. you know, especially if it's in the forward half. It virtually gives away a goal. And so the most defence is happening, the closer you get to goal. Yep. And so the players are under pressure to protect that goal mouth. And so if they make one little error, and, mm. that, and this rule, stepping off the mark, will be an instant goal virtually, anywhere from you know 60 metres out or 70 metres out, basically gives away the goal. Mm. I, there's a couple of problems that I've got with it. I think the umpires react too slow to it, and the players already run off and gone. So there's the bloke on the, on the mark is standing there like a stale bottle of piss. Or... In fact, there'll be no one on the mark, and they'll just all zone off. So it'll be probably counterintuitive to what they're trying to do. So it'll force teams to flood back more and and stay off their man. And then, for me, the real big problem is what happens in the in in the final two minutes of the match, where it's it becomes keepings off and a zone. If players are taking the mark, and then you're not allowed to make this tiny little error that's going to cost you fifty meters, you'll have no one running you know standing the mark at all and everyone will just zone off which is crazy because taking a mark and going back and having a set shot and taking a mark and getting uh, field position is sort of the fabric of the game so the game is going to potentially look 
nothing like what it used to and it's going to turn into a, a closer version of soccer and a possession game yeah. and I actually think it'll go the other way with the scoring because yeah. as you say the coaches work their way around the tactics yeah it's interesting like how the AFL come about what meetings and everything they sit in I know they get different forums and you know they get players and coaches and every everyone in to give but their do they their, well they say they do mm. ex, you know ex-coaches and and, and ex-players to kind of give it. But the problem is when they create a rule, they've got 18 teams, 18 coaches, and 18 strategists that seem to outpoint them at every turn. Yeah. Because history shows the more they've mucked around the rules in the last decade, the scoring keeps falling. So what they're trying to do is actually not, not getting a positive result for it. And I think what you said, you know, especially later in games and stuff like that, keeping off is going to be mm-hmm. much easier because the person on the mark stranded, which will dilute scoring. So it doesn't have a positive inf- impact on the scoreboard. I don't. I don't believe. Mm. Yeah. The. Um, I, I think it's the rotation still, and that fitness fatigue isn't happening. And I think that'd change the scoring. But I don't know. Maybe it's the AFL Players Association that are pushing back on the rotations and you know injuries and all that sort of thing. But I, I think that'd be a better way to tackle. If they want more goals, I'd limit the rotations first, rather than this thing's like the fabric of the game getting ripped apart. And I think it's going to backfire on them, but it seems like they've already made their mind up, given how much skills on the front foot, yeah. and all of a sudden all these umpires and Harrison Andrews now coming in. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like they've, cert- deal, they've certainly it? got on the front foot in the last twenty four hours. The stuff we were talking about in the uh, earlier meeting, you know, we've we've got uh, video from the umpire on the AFL website this morning explaining uh, the rules uh, with the umpire and coach. You know, they've wheeled out Harris Andrews mm. as a player's version of, oh, it's not that bad, and the players have adjusted to it. Yet there was. Plenty of incidents shown on the news uh, reels that there was goals coming directly from it. And you can see the frustration on the players. Bonton Pally just dropping his head when he knew he took half a stride. Well, it is ridiculous because it's not how you've grown up playing the game. You know, what what I think the fans get frustrated from is the rules to the game are exactly the same every quarter. Mm. So how do you explain a 10-goal scoring quarter or a 30-goal scoring game compared to when teams kick five goals each and if there's no weather in play and they're playing by the same rules then it comes down to the coaching structures and the style that the players want to play Mm. the rules aren't changing to increase the scoring so Mm. i you know i've always been a believer i think the afl's just got to leave the game alone a bit more yep Mm. Um, it's been fine for 140 years they've played around with it a lot in the last decade um and just let the players and the coaches evolve play the game yeah Yeah. and then a guild came out and said that all of a sudden, we're seeing you know 120 plus uh, scores on the board and stuff like that. But there's no pressure. This is scratch matches, so you can't compare that to you know premiership points and deeper yeah. into the season. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I it's think a rubbish. Comment. I think two things this year that the AFL's got in favour from from last year is the longer quarters come back in. Um, we're talking earlier about the red time is is advantage to a lot of the maybe the better teams, uh, the fitter players certainly, mm-hmm. where the scoring increases as quarters go on. So. Um, red time, there seems to be a lot more scoring on average if you if you work out each quarter. So the scoring will increase with the games going back from 16 to 20 minute quarters. Um, and so I, I I just think they should just leave the the game alone a bit, um, and you know get the fans back there and and have less frustration because they're taking the focus off the game being back and the crowds being at the game, and all they'll talk about is the rules. Mm. And yeah. so especially if this rule now starts costing games for teams. Yeah, and I don't think you know the good. AFL seems to just want to be in the press regardless whether it's good or bad. Well, I thought it was a marketing stunt. I thought it was, the rules so ridiculous that they've just wheeled it out to, for people to start talking about AFL, which has worked. Yep. Mm. But and I want it buried. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that's the approach they take, I guess. They they just want any promotion to get in the game, and obviously, um, with the season only three weeks away, they've decided to uh, roll out these rules, and that's what they're uh, piggybacking on for for their marketing at the moment. But I hope I hope um, well, we say this every year. I hope they don't bring it in, but it looks like it looks like it is going to be. Yeah. Oh, so it hasn't been implemented yet. Well, not yet. Just a thought. And my, no, so the a- the AFL will always troll things. Um, yeah, right. In, in the pre pre season games, okay. and they'll get feedback, and that's why they do that for yeah. the discussion in the public, and yeah. they expect a lot of negative feedback because there's always two people two don't like change as a rule. Yeah, right. But yeah, this correct. one looks like an absolute howler. It'll affect you because you one of your biggest edges is your totals, and so you'll be you know treading really warily for the first couple of rounds until you see what sort of effect that is. And we'll probably talk about it with Nick Tedeschi, and you even spoke about it to me last year with the NRL. They changed the rules, and all of a sudden the scores were starting to run up. It was a cash cow for you, and yeah. just to try and find those edges early before the rest of the market sort of clues on is what you're trying to do. But it can go both ways, can't it? Yeah, it was good. I've never really uh, concentrated on the rugby league until last year when uh, the guy I work with had a league model, and they just couldn't keep up with the mm. rule change. That everything was out of whack. Um, same will happen with the AFL this year. The bookies, um, you know, I know how they go about their process and stuff like that, and they won't adjust early. So I'm looking forward to the first month of uh, totals <laughs> because I know that there'll be good edges to be found. Um, and yeah, I'd rather leave rules like uh, like these cheap fifties, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's start cracking to what's on for the rest of the show. We're going to go deeper into the futures betting. So we covered off the the premiership and the wooden spoon last week, and you know glided over all the clubs' chances. But we're going to go into the top four, the top eight markets. Who's going to make and miss that? We're going to talk about the Coleman Medal. It's not really a market that Mark plays a lot in. There's a lot of percentage on the board, and it's usually later in the year that punters start to operate in those sort of markets. And then top rope today, she's back. The Hall of Fame it was Juppy last week. We've had another couple of uh, couple of nice little rorts uh, pop up on our Twitter feed, so make sure you check those out. Some funny stuff there. And then he's going to go through his best season head-to-head matchups and some team total wins, and we're going to look at the top sport markets. And, Das, when you're betting on the weekend, when you're not at the Osborne or Ho Chi Mama <laughs> eating delicious vegetarian Thai, who are you betting with? Topsport.com.au. Family-owned and run for 30 years. Bet with a bookmaker you can trust, and please gamble responsibly. We're going to take a break and talk AFL next. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting through the eyes of professional gamblers. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got MG and Darcy with me, and we're going to talk AFL futures. We touched on premiership and wooden spoon markets in episode one, and now we're going to have a look at who's going to make the finals, who's going to go deep into September and who's going to win the Coleman medal. So, Das, we might uh, have a look at the first market, odds courtesy of topsport.com.au, AFL top four market. Who's the favourite there to make the top four? So, AFL to make the top four. So, we have Geelong at $1.60, Richmond at $1.60, Brisbane at $1.90, Port Adelaide at $2.30, West Coast at $2.50, and Western Bulldogs at $3.50. What do we think? Well, MG, there's obviously there's multiple uh, teams here that can make the top four, hence why the odds are so short. But uh, run us through who you think, or go, just go top to bottom here for us, what you think of the pricing there. Yeah, so with the um, with the top four and top eight markets, I'm not sure how uh, others go about it, but I, I like to go through and price every game up for the year, mm. and that's how I come up with uh, the season wins, obviously fills in the, the your order of the top four and top eight. 
um, and then you attach a price to it of what what you think is uh, either overs or unders, yep. or something that's around the value if you do like them. Um, so Geelong and Richmond, obviously uh, one and two in the Premiership betting. Um, so around that dollar sixty mark, I'm you know definitely not going to talk any supporters out that like them. Um, strong teams for the top four around the dollar sixty price. I wouldn't tip, but it's definitely it's not unders, and I'm sure they'll attract a lot of attention in the multis. Mm-hmm. Um, the third pick, I know you're going to say, oh, it's Brisbane again, but <laughs> obviously um, my ratings at this stage have just come up with with Brisbane as the value for the premiership, so that's going to yep. filter through to the top the four compared markets. to what the market is. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, at the dollar ninety, if I was having uh, one bet, yep, the dollar ninety for Brisbane would be nearly a lock. No, not a <laughs> moral. <laughs> not a moral, not a lock. <laughs> um, but that's where I'd be playing if if I was I was in this market. Um, I like the dollar ninety there. Port Adelaide and West Coast again wouldn't talk you out of it um, if you're a supporter of both of those sides. I think they're reasonably priced, but I think obviously with only four teams being able to fit in, mm. and if you look and you say, well. Who's going to drop out? So if you've got Geelong and Richmond, uh, I think Brisbane are a good price at that dollar ninety. Yeah. Then you've only got one more spot left. So mm-hmm. if you like Port Adelaide at the two thirty, West Coast at the two fifty, um, I'm not going to talk you out of it. But I would go the next rung down, which is the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, now um, I'm surprised how kind of uh, high they came up in the in the season wins for me when I went through just individual games. Yeah, right. So the beauty about pricing up each individual game and then just telling them up at the end is you don't distort your own um, prices or the ladder. It yep. is what it is when, when yep. the model's finished. Um, so the Bulldogs at 350 is probably the value mm-hmm. um, for punters. So if, you, if, if you're a Bulldog supporter out there, um, remember they were wrapped up in 2019 probably as you said I think yeah. you tipped them large and so maybe you stopped them last year <laughs> yeah. not sure if you've recommitted this year although you are looking for a second side when Hawthorne uh, are down the bottom so maybe the 350 is your go scoot mm. um, where I, I think that's the value if, if I was playing so I'd play Brisbane at the $1.90 and Bulldogs at the 350 for the for the four um, I, I don't think I could see you know I mean another team could could pop up but I just think the top teams are just too solid for a, a seventh or eighth team to pop up into that top four spot. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. And the more I think about it, the more I'm starting to, I guess, warm to and see your logic around Brisbane. Guys like Cam Rayner and Hipwood and Danaher and and the, and the midfield's just going to supply plenty of the pill down there. So. Yeah. I th- I and think home the- ground advantage, I guess that's a, yep. another big one. And you've got... Some, like I look at those top... Five sides there, and I look. Geelong are going to play a lot of games at the Cattery. Richmond is so good at the MCG. You got Brisbane up at the Gabba. Port Adelaide are dominant over in Adelaide, and then even West Coast. Then yeah, they're no easy beat. So they've got really strong home ground advantages at the moment. All the, those top top sides. Yeah, and you're just talking the difference between you know generally twelve wins will get you into the eight. Mm. Uh, so you're generally talking 14, 15 wins get you into the top four. So you're talking a game or two, and with those strong home ground advantage, the side's got plenty of depth. I, I just think at the top end, I'd be surprised if uh, out of those uh, six teams that someone else made the top four this year. Yeah, and then Darts to miss the top four. We have Melbourne Demons at $1.11, GWS at $1.16, St Kilda at $1.18, Collingwood at $1.19, Western Bulldogs $1.29, West Coast $1.51, Port Adelaide $1.59, Brisbane at $1.87, Geelong at $2.25 and Richmond at $2.25. Mm, any value there Mark? Or a lot of skinny odds there. 
Yeah, the the top four becomes a bit imbalanced because obviously there's only four teams against fourteen that that miss. Mm. So there are a lot of short price um, favourites. The bookies like this market for multi reason mm. um, because mm. a lot of people throw in the miss yeah. and uh, just hope that the top four or, or six stay true and yeah. they you know they can build up their multis with a dollar twenties, dollar twenty fives. Um, and then the bookies only need to get one to get them beat. So um, not a market I normally play in. Um, I'll, I'll just stick with a couple of uh, t- tips to, uh, teams to make the top four. Yeah. Uh, I generally leave the top four the, to miss the top four alone, but good for multi punters. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Next market does. Then we'll go to AFL to make the top eight. So Richmond and Geelong one dollar ten, Brisbane one dollar twenty. Port Adelaide and West Coast, $1.30. And Western Bulldogs at $1.65. So, Mark, you you think that the the first few there are locks, don't you? Richmond, Geelong, Brisbane, Port, West Coast, and then the Bulldogs, you're saying. And then you've got a couple of sides that are fighting for the 9th, 10th, and 11th spot. Yeah, so for in, in future markets, the final age generally for, for bookmakers and punters is... is uh, a high action uh, product mm. uh, all the way through the season, pre-post, yep. uh, pre-season and definitely during the season. Final eight's definitely obviously where it is to make the finals, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, again, I just think the gap's widening between the top and the bottom sides. Yep. Um, hence why, you know, some of these teams are starting short. But again, for multi-punters, um, to make the final eight, uh, you know, I, I think teams like, you know, Geelong at a dollar ten, Brisbane at dollar twenty, there'll be a lot of load ups in the multis yep. this year, which is a bit reason why they are short. The bookies aren't giving too much away, mm. but if you can pick three or four sides and then you you, you like them into something else, it, it, it prevents uh, provides good uh, value for the punters. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't see the you know the top four uh, the top five sides there look pretty you know ominous. Um, ominous. But um, I would say again, I think the Bulldogs at a dollar sixty-five would be to make the eight. Yeah, my made play there. I think. Uh, yeah. I think they're a side on the up, um, and just with their draw, uh, how it's come out to get the twelve wins, I, th- I think they've got two or three wins above that. Mm. So the dollar sixty-five seems seems good value. I, I, I would have thought they were more around the dollar fifty, maybe even dollar forty-five mark, um, with with how I've priced up the season. Um, and I think um, for the bottom part of the eights, I, I think it's going to be uh, only a couple of wins. I think Collingwood I prefer over St Kilda uh, for anyone looking out there. And then the the group that I, I would call, I guess, the 9th, 10th, 11th, GWS, Melbourne and Carlton. Uh, not going to talk anyone out of the final eight if you like them, uh, especially a team like Carlton, if they can get uh, the injured Injuries, players back they got yeah. early. Definitely a side on the up and would be looking for a final spot. Melbourne keep teasing with... with <laughs> Got some good feedback on Melbourne supporters uh, during the week. (laughs) Uh, And GWS, I just think we've discussed them with how many players they've lost. Obviously, Jeremy Cameron now, how much offense do they lose? They've got Hogan. Yeah, well, he's injured at the moment. Big question mark over him. Yeah, so I I, I couldn't tip you into any of them, but they do provide good value if you can find one or two of them that aren't expected to make the eight that can jump in. Mm. So. you basically top four. You're saying that Brisbane Lions are the one that the bookies have missed, and then for the top eight, it's the the Western Bulldogs that are yeah the yeah, ones that was, the bookie have missed too. So yeah, if I was get, having two, if I was having two picks, yeah. um, and even for multi punters, I, I I think dollar ninety for Brisbane seems, you know, they flip of the coin top, odds top four, um, yeah. uh, for the top four. Yeah, and I think the Bulldogs dollar sixty five. I think the Bulldogs will yeah to make the eight. Yeah, I think they'll eat twelve wins. Yeah, so that's that's the way we play there. 
Beautiful. What Interesting. about the next one, Dars? So we have the Coleman Medal. Tom Lynch for $6. Tom Hawkins, $7. Charlie Dixon, $9. Jeremy Cameron, $9. Joe Danaher, $10. Josh J. Kennedy, $10. Charlie Cameron, $18. Jack Revolt, $21. And Eric Hipwood, $31. A lot of fat in this market early, <laughs> I would have thought. So shout out to Tristan there. The bookies are keeping this one safe. And it's a funny market that we sort of touched upon earlier. You don't really bet early. And it's more mm. when the season starts to crank up. and See how they're going. Yeah, or if one of the big names sort of falls away with injury. Josh oh, Kennedy's yeah. under a, like a bit of a cloud with his calf, Mark. But, yeah, um, I, I think the Coleman runs behind the Brownlow, but in similar betting patterns. I think everyone mm. likes to have you know, a little play at the start of the year and stuff, but it's very form-driven. Mm. And so once the season gets underway, people like to form their opinions as well. So, you know, if someone can get out of the blocks, then, yep. you know, there's a lot of fluctuations in these markets as well, yep. uh, especially with injuries and stuff like that. There could be one or two starting late. You've touched on Hogan, who would be somewhere, you know, of, of value. He's not going to start. Kennedy doesn't look like he's going to start the year, and he's one, he's one of the uh, the top picks. Looking through the market, you know, it's it's a bit unusual uh, what we said before. You know, the top ten in the betting, um, eight of the top ten are from four different teams. Crazy, isn't it? Mm. So the, you know, the rich are getting richer. Yeah. So and to think um, a little stat for you that so Hawkins won the Coleman Medal last year um, on uh, forty nine goals, and the year before's winner was Jeremy Cameron on seventy six. Mm. And so now yeah, Jeremy Cameron goes to the, the same camp. side. So. <laughs> on recent form, they've got the last two Coleman uh, medal winners in the one team, and they've mm. got a bloke called Dangerfield that's uh, won a Brownlow, who yeah. looks like playing down there as well. So good luck to some of the defences uh, stopping that. Um, I've come up with, it, it, again, it's not, as you said before, it's not a market I'd play in, especially pre-season. Mm. Uh, and I think most of the punters tend to gravitate as the year goes on. Um, you know, they, In recent years, they love Buddy Franklin, Josh Kennedy, these kind of big names that you know, getting the market. If I was going to have a play in the market, I think uh, of the top selections, I'd go Jeremy Cameron at the $9. Mm. On the purely fact, I'm not potting Hawkins, but he is getting another year on. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just not sure how their setup's going to go. So I'd rather back a bloke like Jeremy Cameron who's in his prime. Yeah. Um, I think he'll slot straight in. Get the uh, second defender. It's going to be dangerous, yeah. It's going to yeah. be interesting to see who plays deeper or they're going to rotate a little bit. I think they'll rotate. Mm. There's no reason not to. Hawkins is fine getting up the ground. Um, they'll just try and, and put the defenders in a bit of a spin, I think. Yep. The, the the thing is with Jeremy Cameron uh, is he can get up the ground a lot quicker. He can also get back to goal. He gets a lot of cheap goals over mm. the back. He does too. Not by cheating or anything. He's just, no. he's just quicker Quick. than most. Yeah. So I, I think if you're playing at the top end of the table, Jeremy Cameron would be one. Um, and, you know, the, value, the, the, the best value you could find going down the list... Uh, not going to tip Joe Danaher for you, uh, <laughs> but I am going to tip maybe his sidekick that uh, did fit, did kick four goals in the scratch match as well. I know we're not taking much notice of it, but shows that they're just jelling well when they can kick eight apiece. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go Hipwood at the $31 yeah. uh, for a bit of value. Um, and interesting, because Charlie Cameron was sort of leading it early last year. It's going to be He's going to be busy. He'll be like, uh, like a beast of honey there with... Danaher and Hipwood to crumb off. Yes, yep. Uh, well, uh, you know... And then Rayner. It's going to be a hot, yeah, hive of activity in the Lions forward line. But yeah, Eric Hipwood, he does. He does surprise. 
yeah. need it, how big a price is, $31, especially when you've got, depending on who gets the, the It'll be interesting defender. to see how they set up. I, I see the Brisbane forward line setting up a bit the same way as Geelong. I think both uh, Danaher and, and Hipwood are similar type of players, mm. and I think they'll rotate between uh, full forward and centre-half forward. There'll be a lot of circling, running back to goal and stuff like that. So if Hipwood can uh, kick straight, again, he'll get the second defender, I've no doubt, if Danaher's playing. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be afforded that luxury. So maybe the thirty-one dollars is is worth uh, a little investment. Mm. He uh, and he's got bags in him too. He can kick big scores of goals. But yeah, if he can keep his yeah, I think accuracy Bris- under, I think Brisbane are going to be a high offense mm. um, unit this year, especially at home. Um, and, and Geelong could be as well with that forward line. So maybe that maybe there might be some uh, shootouts. Maybe we might see a hundred goal. Uh, will we ever see a hundred goals kicked again this season? Well, if the fifty meter rule gets gets passed, <laughs> I'm, I'm tipping we will. Oh yeah, that's true. All right, that'll uh, that'll wrap us up for the futures betting. So we're starting to really narrow down on a couple of teams there. The bookies may have missed Brisbane for the top four, the Western Bulldogs for the top eight, and them and Geelong look like they're going to be the big challenges. And we're going to play around Eric Hipwood and Jeremy Cameron to win the Coleman early, but we'll keep tabs on that. And as the season progresses, we'll get Mark's thoughts on a week to week basis. He's not going anywhere. We've locked him in for the uh, the mm-hmm. full year. I tried to sign him for a five-year deal, but I couldn't quite get that uh, get that one over the line. But we'll uh, we'll cross now to we'll take a break and we'll come back with the Hall of Fame with Top Rope Tedeschi, and we'll see you soon. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting. It's unique because we all love a bet, and we have a bet, and I've got some of the best guys in the business. One of them is Mark the Kid MG. He was a bookie, and now he's a punter, and he's on the good side now. He's with the Little Birdie team, and we've got Darcy Spinks. <laughs> hey, guys. Who moonlights as a food taster for <laughs> pretty much any restaurant in Melbourne. <laughs> She's a gun for hire, so if you're launching a restaurant, make sure you give Darcy a call. She'll be there to give you a nice, solid critique. But it's our favourite segment of the week. It is Hall of Fame time with Top Rope Tedeschi. Welcome to the show, Top Rope. Great to be back. Good to uh, get over the first week nerves and back for week two. <laughs> I doubt there was any nerves, but Anthony Jupp, <laughs> Yule Long Jupp. A bit of a throw-off the Yule Long Jupp. He backs more winners than anyone I know, and he can find lots of rorts. And he's rort that got him into the Hall of Fame, posing as a, what is it, Channel 4 producer, calling NBC to figure out what time the anthem would run for the Super Bowl goes down in history. It's on our Twitter feed, so make sure you check out at Little Birdie TV. We've also changed our Twitter handle and our Instagram. We've just tidied things up here, and we're having a slight little rebrand. We're still Little Birdie, but you can find us at Little Birdie TV on most of our channels, or if you're on YouTube, Little Birdie Podcast on our YouTube channel, where you can see all our glamorous faces, especially Darcy's. But top rope, the Hall of Fame this week. There'd be some contenders. I'd nearly put Stephen Hawking in, given he's proposing this 50-metre penalty rule, and then I'd nearly throw Josh Fraser in as well. Josh Fraser's debunked the 50-metre rule, in a tweet, in a heartbeat. He's basically saying that you can zone off, you don't have a man on the mark, and whoop, all of a sudden it's uh, it's hacked. The 50-metre rule should be abolished. But who's uh, who's in your crosshairs this week for the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I don't know who any of those people are, so they definitely weren't <laughs> in consideration. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a ripper of a Hall of Fame this week. Don't know his first name, don't know his last. It's just a bloke called Macca. Uh, now, Macca sounds Macca, like a good bloke. Macca's mates uh, fired off a video uh, before the last at Flemington last week showing that uh, Macca had the first three legs of the quad last week at Flemington. Now, anyone who saw Flemington Racing knew it was a complete strip-out for the punters last week. 
but he had a fear. He had, he had he had two by field by field, and he had one going for him in the last. What a day to and take! Boy, field. was it a good one? It was. He, he got the three hundred to one shot in there. He got the forty to one shot in there. When you play field by field, you couldn't ask for a better run than that. <laughs> His quote going to the last was, "Ride or die, motherfucker." Uh, <laughs> and you know what? Declan Bates certainly did that. He was one out, Chela, Chela, 47% of the quad, 200 on, collected a cool quarter of a million. And Great. look, he was the yeah. absolute Hall of Famer, the real winner of the day. The only uh, the only folks who might have come off better better than him by the end of the night was uh, the good folks down at, uh, the good ballerinas down at uh, South Melbourne. But uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, he was an absolute champion and a definite inclusion for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Top Rope just uh, sent me the video off air before, and we'll try and post it to the Little Birdie Twitter account. It's something to behold. Macca, he looked like he'd had a fair few drinks leading into the last league of the quaddie, and heaven forbid what would have happened when Shalo sailed across the line. Have you? Uh... I think he celebrated the 300-1 shot <laughs> in the second leg. It looked like it. Ride or die, motherfucker. Well, he was entitled because once the 300-1 shot got up in the second leg field, he had the third, so he was alive. Yeah. So he's got like he's got like over an hour to celebrate before before the last oh. leg comes around. And then it was crunched as well. Yeah. It was 550 into 350 or something, and it won like oh, a good thing too. It did. Yeah, so... Have you got any footage I'll, uh, of the celebration? I'll tell you what, I'm not sure if we have a mission statement yet, guys. I'm not sure if, if Little Birdie has a mission statement, but ride or die, motherfucker, needs to be in consideration. It's got to be yeah. the clubhouse leader. We might have to get Macca in on the show. He looks like a good bloke. And have you ever met a Macca that's not a good bloke? Got a few Maccas. <laughs> have their moments. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well done, Macca. Landing uh, a quarter of a million dollar collect in the quaddy is definitely Hall of Fame worthy. So we'll have to get you to send in a shot of your mug and maybe the winning ticket. And we might even send you out some bookie smash merch. That definitely sounds like a bookie smash. You've got the tote there and the quaddy. Wow. Might even get him in. Yeah, we might even get him into the show. But um, yeah, yeah we've, been, we've been copying a little bit of fan mail to try and do some more quaddy. So we might uh, start a little quaddy segment on Bet Doctor. Uh, coming up, but uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll talk serious NRL rugby league stuff with Top Rope Tedeschi in just a minute. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got the Kid MG here and Darcy Spinks. We're having a good time. We're having a good time because Top Rope Tedeschi's here and we've had a fill up on the weekend. South Sydney, they absolutely steamrolled the Dragons. Tedeschi's topping them tipping them from a spoon, and they absolutely tore them apart. It was 46 to bugger all, and you tipped the minus, and didn't it move? Tipped them at minus 8, and I think it, the last time I checked was minus 10.5 with about an hour and a half to go, top rope. Fill up. Yeah. Old-fashioned boogie smash there, eh? Really on brand start to open up the season. Uh, yeah, they were a good, uh, a good thing, the, uh, uh, the bunnies. Dragons no good, and South, anyone took the minus, was in no danger from about the 10-minute mark. It was... An absolute steamroller. They led by 30 odd at halftime. So, uh, good start to the season for the punters, uh, uh, for the subscribers, and good start for uh, our fans who love to see uh, rubbish teams get the absolute bejesus belted out of them. Mm. <laughs> That's what we, we clearly like. And, and speaking of that, Harry Grant, he's been touted as the saviour for the Melbourne Storm with Cam Smith's departure. How's he pulled up? And is that a concern for you now that you're already sort of chips in this early for the Melbourne Storm? What's the update with Harry? It'll be, it'll be out for the first month of the year. Got an MCL. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a worry. 
if they didn't have the next best hooker in a pot. So they're replacing the Queensland hooker with the New Zealand hooker. Brandon Smith's there. They'll be sweet as a nut. No, no worries at all. And what's the other news? Just a, a little around the grounds in NRL. I, I see that uh, Matt Tripp and the boys at the Storm are, are playing buggery with the Broncos' uh, new CEO. They're not letting him go. <laughs> oh, that, that's been a debacle from the get-go. He, 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 they, they, they touted this big interview process for the CEO and they give it to the guy who didn't get the interview. Uh, the, the Storm will worry that uh, he's going to try and poke Bellamy, uh, probably rightfully so. And they are not letting go. It was a pretty bad falling out between Trip and going here. Uh, so, yeah, this is more just classic Broncos at the moment. Fall from one uh, ridiculous situation to the next. So, uh, uh, good luck, Brisbane. I, I don't think he'll be CEO till, yeah, till he sees that he's not complete. And what about PVL? Are we going to give him the week off? Or is there any PVL news? Anything about, you know, media rights? Or we'll let that one go through the keeper, will we? PVL doing a great, great job. We'll be on Matty Johns, I think, next week. One-on-one interview. I don't know about you, but an hour-long conversation with PVL has got me very, very excited. Hopefully everyone's in bed by the time that shows. It'll <laughs> uh, it'll be an absolute but PVL flying, just laying low before the season, and then it'll go bang come next Thursday. Don't worry about the media rights. The, the NRL's getting plenty. Now, Top Rope, your NRL futures is... It's your wheelhouse, really. You've dropped a season guide that's available in the Little Birdie shop. It's 33 pages. So settle into a GT or a Scotch or whatever tickles your fancy. Be well hydrated when you sit down and digest that one. But you're going to put a couple of tips into the public domain, and you're a giving man. Let's uh, let's have a look at the NRL regular season wins, and let's see if uh, the punters at home can pull some money out of the Merlihan coffers. Darcy. The NRL regular season wins. Let's have a look at some of those markets and we'll get top, uh, top Rope's opinion. Yeah, for sure. So we have Melbourne Storm at $2 and Penrith Panthers at $1.77. Top Rope? Uh, yes, yeah, season head-to-heads. Uh, I, I love the season head-to-heads. You can often find some, some good ones to pick off here. Uh, very high on Melbourne this year, very low on Penrith. Penrith had everything break their way last year. There's absolutely... No way they could repeat that. Any normal regression will see them drop back to about a 14 win team. Uh, I think Melbourne at $2, absolutely giving cash away there to Merlands. Always been known as generous people. Extremely <laughs> generous for this one. $2, fill your boots. <laughs> Moral there, by the sounds of it. Darth, this one. <laughs> okay, so then we have Canberra Raiders at $1.77 and Parramatta Eels at $2. Uh, Parramatta last year went eight and one in close games, one score games. That's usually a big, big sign of regression the following year. That you know, essentially what I'm saying is you've had a lot of luck. They usually break about 50-50 going eight and one. You've probably been overrated. They faded big time in the back end of last year. They've recruited awfully. Uh, I think that the the Raiders are yeah, are bound for the top four. I've got them running fourth ahead of Penrith this year. Dollar uh, seventy seven against a team who's going to miss the eight. Oh, Absolutely love the Raiders, and that's why I reckon that's uh, another gift there from uh, from the good folk at Top Sport. Mm. <laughs> I see a few punters that uh, are chirping away on Twitter, saying that they've, they've taken an early price Canberra to win the win the title. So that could be uh, worth following there. Next one, does? Yep, Canterbury Bulldogs at two dollars, and North Queensland Cowboys at one dollar seventy-seven. Yeah, I like playing some of these down the bottom end of the table, just trying to find a team on the up. Uh, 
Cowboys have been pretty highly touted uh, this year, new coach, but they've recruited poorly. They've been bottom, they were bottom four last year. Uh, they've got a pretty weak roster for mine. They've got the worst three-quarter line in the cop. The Bulldogs, new coach, new fullback, Corey Allen, new halfback, Kyle Flanagan, major upgrades. They've got an international winger in Nick Patrick there. Uh, they're a long way from being a good side, Canterbury, but they are a, a team where you shouldn't see a, a decent-sized bounce from that kind of Strike me as a team who's going to fit right into that ninth to 12th dead man zone there. I think the $2 them is a great price. I think they're a significantly better team than the Cowboys. Mm. And then just for, for the punters at home just that aren't quite sure of who you support, just show your, show your hand and show your true colours here, Top Rope. Who do you barrack for? I'm a Bulldogs fan. There's absolutely <laughs> no doubt a Bulldogs fan, but I'm also, uh, I would say, inarguably their biggest critic, so... This is the first positive words I've uttered about the Bulldogs in about five years. So um, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little bit unsure of myself at the moment, but uh, hopes are hopes are somewhat high. Not, not anticipating a wooden spoon run like last year. Mm. I thought I'd, uh, yeah, just have to clear that one up because yeah, you took me by surprise tipping them because I knew you were keen at uh, some stage on the Cowboys last year. Let's uh, zip across to the lease season win markets. Who's a favourite there, Darce? Yeah, so we have St George Dragons at $4, Brisbane Broncos at $4.40, Canterbury Bulldogs $5.50, Wests Tigers at $6, Cronulla Sharks at $9, NZ Warriors at $15. The Dragons. Uh, Dragons, please. Uh, they were those who have already subscribed probably got uh, a touch better because they've definitely shortened up after the weekend. They've lost all three trial matches. Cameron McInnes, their, their their captain and star player, is out for the year with an ACL. Uh, they look very very thin across the park. Their forward pack uh, was manhandled last week. They are, have, have really poor uh, uh, poor talent in the key positions, particularly in the halves. Uh, and new coach Anthony Griffin. He's, he's an old school kind of guy. He's not going to be a guy who's going to overcome kind of talent deficits with coaching. I think they're a long, long year. I reckon there's two teams that can win it Dragons and Broncos. I'll be more than happy to take the Dragons at the moment. Back mm. them both for a sailor. And if you could find uh, the Dragons and the Broncos in a season head to head, you'd be steaming into the Dragons? Uh, uh, no, I'd, I'd be back in the Broncos in a season head to head. I've got the Dragons coming last, but. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be riding one of those two teams for a fortune this year. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. And then uh, Top Sport have also got um, some season under over win lines available. They're not quite up on the AFL. Mark was a little bit disappointed, but um, they've definitely put some up there. So I, 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 I love these. Mix. They were definitely out last night, the Top Sport guys. I'm sure they'll be back up again today. They've probably just been stung overnight. Mm. Yeah, you know the Merlins. I'll take a bit. <laughs> Nick's best bet, Stars. Uh, so we have Melbourne Storm over 16.5 at $2. Penrith under 17.5, $1.80. Parramatta Eels under 14.5, $1.73. Just run us through those ones, top row. Uh, yeah, like all those three there. Uh, the Storm just regularly win all those 16 games. They've finished top two the last five years. The roster has, has you know, lost Cameron Smith, but they're, they're still very, very good. Higher them. They win lots of regular season games. No worries there. Penrith overrated. Seven and a half is a very, very high line. Even the Storm during the heyday really got to align that big. So uh, I think that is an absolute gift there. I don't think the Panthers are in for a great year. Uh, and Parramatta, we talked about them earlier. Parramatta, well and truly overvalued by the market. Uh, they are going to be a fringe eight side. I think the 14 and a half is way too high. 
the punters are seeming that they're they're pretty fragile across the park to be honest. And any injuries, they've got no depth, so more than happy to take on the Eels this week this year. Mm, and season top try scorer market, similar to I guess the, the leading goal kicker in the AFL. Who's favourite for that one, Dars? In the yes. market, yes. So we have Alex Johnston at nine dollars. We have Maker Sivo at ten dollars, and we have Josh Adokar at eleven dollars. And then we have Valentine Holmes at sixty-seven dollars. Now I don't know if I've pronounced everyone correctly there, but <laughs> I've seen a few smirks. But... No, you got you got very very close. It's uh, it's tricky. But top rope. Uh, this is an interesting one. Mark sort of talked about it before in the AFL the, the the goal scorers. We don't really bet on them until we've seen a little bit of form on the on the board and a, a couple of rounds in. How do NRL punters play these uh, the top top try scorer markets? This is generally a lottery, yeah. and this bet this bet's definitely just a bit of Ric Flair for the punters who who who, who want to find an angle of big price. Uh, you you you're kind of betting against a few things, right? You're kind of betting on form, you're betting on a team going well, and you're betting on kind of what position they play. So the winger wing is nearly always top of price for This is pretty rare for a fullback to do it. Holmes, the angle with Holmes here is that he is. Uh, Talented to play fullback. He'll likely play on the wing this year. So uh, he's got a great record as a try scorer on a wing. So I think there's a bit of value there. But it's 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 a it's a hard market to attack. You couldn't take single figures of anyone. I think there's there's value in looking wide and having a small ticket on a big shot. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to Eric Hipwood. Bit of a uh, bit of a stab at a big price. So make sure you don't have probably a full unit bet there. Lower your bet and lower your stake. Top rope. You've been enormous. I can't wait to uh, meet Macca, have a, a drink with Macca. Love to have a beer with Macca. Could be remember me- weekends with Macca. Listening to that as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had you had a troubling childhood, Nicholas. A troubling childhood. Mm, it was that. Uh, it, you... it was pretty average radio. But uh, <laughs> Tedeschi, if you want to uh, sink your teeth into some great reading, and you are a fan of the NRL, uh, Nick Tedeschi's subscription packs are available in a little birdie shop under GGOA, the greatest game of all, for fifty five dollars. It is a must read, and if you like what you've heard there, uh, you must check it out. So. That were just a couple of teasers, and he's got prop markets coming out your ears. So if you want to get set for the NRL season, make sure you check it out. Thanks for joining us, Top Rope. Have a good week. Absolute pleasure, team. We'll see you next week. See ya. Cool. That's the end of the show, Marcos. It was uh, it was good to see you have a, a bit more pep in your step. You're you're a bit flat when I introduce you. It's all the coffee I had one. this morning. Yeah, but I think. Episode two, you're sort of starting to come of age, and oh, thanks, Nick. we've got the brown low. <laughs> we've yeah. got the brown low next week, so we'll talk about the brown low medal betting, and we know that uh, that's one of your favourite markets. And then it's yep. only another week away until we've got the real the real stuff, the AFL. Yeah, and Nick Tedeschi will talk AFL oh, NRL round one uh, next week. They yeah. always go off yeah, a little we'll bit have earlier. Some more Darcy yeah. social stories. I'm looking forward week. to it. What's plans this weekend, Darcy? Oh, restaurants. Uh, just a few more events. Actually, Sundays. Yeah. There's a few things on. We're actually hosting an event at oh. Stoke House. Oh, nice. Sit down lunch. Miss, missed our invite yeah. there, Nick. 
Didn't get oh, one. there's, you know, I think next we're time, have guys. A Stokehouse dinner soon in the next couple of weeks. I oh. get to meet we get to the partner, Jeez. meet each oh, other's partners. Guys. Now we didn't invite oh, yeah, Dice then. Darcy to that one. Oh, that's a bit of a weird one. Don't be like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Stokehouse. But yeah, just running around. What uh, are you guys doing? We'll see if we can find an invite for you. Uh, <laughs> you and your partner to that one as well. We should do that. Yeah. Mm, 30 degree day, I think, on Sunday. So I might head down to Black Rock and try and Is get it? a bit of a tan. 30 degrees. Yeah, might head to the beach. Mark? Golf, uh, yeah, yeah, women's got, footy. I uh, got golf uh, next two days. Going down to uh, uh, the Mornington Peninsula for four rounds of golf in two days. So that's your lovely golf. God, I've got to get better at it. Okay. So you played last week too. He's yeah. a bit of a bandit. He's up. We we can't all go to restaurants and uh, hey, Sundays true, on the boats. What else do we do? Yeah. I need to learn how to play golf. <laughs> all right. If you want more of Mark's stuff, you can head to the Little Birdie Shop. Yeah, it's under AFL Stings. He's doing the AFL women's and all the men's preseason matches for a dollar ten. It's crazy price. Uh, it's a promotional deal, and then we'll just see how good he is for the preseason. And you guys can make up your own mind if you want to follow him for the rest of the season. He'll be on all the shows here. And similarly for Nick Tedeschi's uh, NRL Mail, uh, check out the season guide, and he'll be with us for the rest of the season. Have a pro in your pocket to help you bet more responsibly. And when you're betting, bet with Topsport.com.au. They take the biggest bets. But that's all from us. Like us, rate us, follow us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. And we'll add add ourselves to the Google Podcast section this week as well. But we're flat out here. The new office is up and about. And I think we're a couple of weeks away from uh, the downstairs uh, lair, the uh, the stream room being created. So check out for that. And Darcy, you're going to hold up the winning beer. So a shout out to... the winner. Yeah, Nick Falconer, who... uh, picked the cloud design and it was the most popular voted beer design so one easily one mm. by panels I did see so there was that. hundreds of votes and yeah it cleared it away it is very eye catching yeah it is eye catching i will say and what, it's, it's what, very crafty wasn't our first choice wasn't our first no choice. it wasn't ours so <laughs> no. i was surprised was but i've come around surprised. yeah i like it we're <laughs> yeah, happy with like the four it. finalists but yes. yeah i'm keen on it good on the eye yeah well done Annette. yeah Good on the eye and, uh, and good on the tongue. So Look, for, look forward to tasting it uh, in a couple of weeks' time, I think. Yeah, we've got a lot of slabs, and uh, I think it's probably, what, late March, early April, so hopefully in time for the bull, and hopefully we're all allowed to get down to the bull, but uh, can't wait. They'll be here for AFL season, and we'll catch you next week. Okay.